But yeah, sometimes I'll go back and just listen to the episodes in the feed, especially because they hit the public feed quite a while, like at least a month after we record them. And so there are plenty of times where I'll go back and listen to it and think, ah, oh, if I did this again, I would say something different here. Because, you, yeah, you learn stuff, and then the, that is the problem with this sort of thing, is your opinions and your methods change, and you learn things, and it's like, oh, that's not very good advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's trapped in time forever. Oh, man. What was your... What was, was there any that in particular that you, like would retcon if you could oh boy there really was one recently i think one of the one that comes most immediately to mind is that i think i downplayed the importance of a demo reel a little bit too far initially is that like in a way early episode or yeah earlier on for sure okay. but because that doesn't sound like, like something yeah. that i know you to undervalue at least Right, and especially not now, but like initially I had been given the impression that you don't really need one if you've got the ability to make friends with people in the industry, but even being in a position where I have made several friends in the industry, it has become clear that it's a good idea to have a, a demo reel, because if anything, just for practice, like I do so little sound design day to day, like if I were to make a demo reel, that might be some of the most intensive sound design practice I've had ever. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny too, because like, Speaking of retconning and, like, going back and changing, like, just stuff you've done in the past or whatever, first off, that goes across so many levels more than just, like, what you say in a podcast, but, like, oh, I made that forever ago, or, like, I made yeah. that piece of music. And that's kind of how I feel, actually, about the Blip Sounds demo reel currently. The T-Rex roar, I made, another, I made a new set of monster sounds, and they sound so much better than that. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny how you just grow and develop outside of the podcast and then we come back and it's like yep this is the new thing i learned and we're going to expand on this further and tell why we're wrong or right or whatever mm -hmm. yeah and like if anything one of the good things about making demo reel stuff is that you get the ability to compare it you have something that you've made before that wasn't that great and then you get better, and then you can go back and listen to this other thing that you made and be like, oh, I am definitely improving. If there's nothing else around me to prove that I've gotten better at this, this is something I can use for that for sure. sort of motivational boost. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I've, been, I've actually been thinking about the skill growth process. When was the last time that you picked up a new skill from Ground Zero? Hmm. What am I doing lately? Um, I think it might have been Unity. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, okay, so for me, lately, it's JavaScript. Ah, yes, of course. But JavaScript isn't... It's the closest to zero, at least. Yeah, yeah. Just because I... Because I've, I've done... I know C Sharp, so it's kind of tricky. Yeah, and chat, answer answer with the last thing that you learned from Ground Zero. I still think that we should do... I I brought this up once before, and we never did anything about it, but I, th I totally think that we should do a question of the week. Like, at the end of every episode, say, here's the question of the week, and then we give a question of the week, and then if you want to answer it, We'll make a special question of the week answers thread next to Blipstream chat or something, and then people can just come answer it as they listen to the episode, oh, that's cool. and then we can read them. You know, and when we uh, post these on Twitter and Instagram, we can also post yeah the episode with underneath it saying, "What what is this thing?" Yeah, you're the, you're the question of the week, and that will that'll you know draw. I don't remember you saying that, but that's a great idea. Yeah, I I don't remember when it was. I think I only brought it up briefly once, but okay. Well, the question of the week is: What was the last skill that you started learning from Ground Zero? Yeah, what's the last zero point skill that you've come across in your life, or what's the closest one? Yeah. Well, so I guess the reason I'm bringing that up mostly is because like I'm I'm noticing the process of 
picking up that new skill is like a thousand tiny failures. Maybe I talked about this yesterday. I can't remember. That that thousand tiny failures thing sounds familiar for sure. But the, yeah, you have to have a thousand tiny failures to get one step forward. Yeah, we did talk about this because with the goal setting and like picking mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it, it's just a really interesting revelation I had where persistence is key. <laughs> like as as always, like I don't know if you were involved in this at this point, but we did some interviews for the game audio training series in its early days, and. We interviewed Craig Barnes, Tamara Ryan, James Portnow, and a couple other people. I don't recognize those interviews that you were talking about. They they That's were way early before you joined. Oh, okay. Sounds, so or just as you were joining, maybe. Yeah, because I remember who was the first Craig Barnes. I remember editing that one. Yeah, but that's about it. James Portnow and Tamara Ryan were the other ones. Maybe I just uploaded those straight up. No, actually, I edited those. I think, but I asked them. If your career was a Jenga tower, which block do you take out to make it topple? And Ooh. almost all of them said persistence. It, that was oh, man. amazing to hear. And once you notice it and you are friends with people that are successful and you start becoming successful, you realize that or, and success is relative to anything, right? Well, sure. But yeah, for the for ease of this conversation... Pick a definition of success. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and that could be, oh, I created a thing, or I made $10 million, or whatever. It's all, it's persistence every time. Especially once you're, like, in the in the beginning stages. Like, these things, once you get an established, you know, your name out there, and people know you, and then things start to come to you without as much effort. Like, I don't want to ever say that somebody's career gets to be on autopilot, but there does come a point where you're not doing all of the heavy lifting to make something happen. But getting to the point where that's true is 100% persistence. And um, Akash is basically my personal mentor now at at this point. I'm kind of his PA and a a friend of his as well. So there's all this, like, he's always trying to help me make the best of this to get into the industry and that's one of the things that he talks about like the number of times i've been called a special boy just because i did a thing that i was told works the way that it should is like he's like you wouldn't believe how low the bar is in terms of people who just don't do the thing and wonder why they're not making any progress so if you just keep doing it you know it will bear fruit eventually and it's not even necessarily that like you're doing the same thing over and over again no certainly you're not. making slight optimizations to the thing you were doing before if you but you're doing yes that is the most important thing and my rule of thumb is to do something 10 times and i take note of how many times it worked out of those 10 times and if it worked 50 mm. percent of the time then that's that's your success rate or whatever it is. I think 10 times is the minimum, at least, for how many times you have to do something to really get true results on it. Yeah. Before you can really determine whether it's insanity or not, <laughs> <laughs> I guess is a better metric to go by. Yeah, but that's that's super cool. I think the, the autopilot comment that you made is also true, where it does become a little bit easier, and the beginning stages are always the toughest. Mm-hmm. But I think that the beginning stages are a lot more clear as to direct feedback as to what's wrong. And like anybody who has a little bit more experience than you will tell you how to fix it. But in the later stages is when it's like you're you're leading the charge yourself. Right, because you're on the same you're now on the same page as everyone else who told you how to get past the beginning stages. So you don't have anybody to look to. Right. To say this is what works. Yeah, your role models are no longer viable to look up to. Right. Now you have to look at your future right, self. Right, because they're not role models anymore. They're peers. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can. There's still things you could pick up here and there from other people, of course. Yeah, but for the most part, it's definitely just what you make of it, and it's all up to you. And that's scary. <laughs> that's it sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It, it it does suck. It's like it's it makes it way harder, but. I think that's when you like really dive into to the theory and the exploration. It's been really frustrating for me because the more I do, you think about when people say, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And the more I do and the more I see how little other people do, it makes me frustrated at and for them because it's like, look at I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And I'm doing this thing and it's working and you can do it too. And I just want everyone to be able to do it and know that they can. And it's like, come on. Come on, guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah. don't just sit there. And eventually you have to let that idea go and do all the stuff for yourself. Or Because dragging a bunch of people who refuse to walk, it's like, well, this is I, this is already hard enough by itself. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and I think that's like a matter of like, you want you want your friends to succeed. You of want course. everyone to succeed around Absolutely. you. But I think that leading by example in situations like that is just all that you can really do. 100%. And... It's it's a really great incentive to also just drag those people. Yep. But if they're not even trying to stand, then it's like it's like yeah, well I guess uh, you'll stay here and then and then I'll I'll go I'll keep going and then five years from now when I've got it all figured out I will sit here and listen to you tell me how lucky I am that I fell backwards into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about goal setting yesterday or like two episodes ago, and I find that goal setting doesn't work in the way that people expect it to mm. think that people expect goal setting to be like oh i'm gonna make this much money or i'm going to be this successful they expect to get it it's not yeah. necessarily about getting it it's about going in a direction and starting to do stuff to potentially meet those goals how do you mean well remember the uh, the like branching step process of yeah mm-hmm. yeah the breaking stuff down. yeah yeah so if you have actionable steps but what if those actionable steps are wrong? Then you do the steps, but you still made progress because you did something. So it's like your your end goal and your process for getting there might be wrong, but you're going to pick up other things along the way that are going to help you succeed at a different point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, I, there's a, a phrase I hear all the time. There is no failure. There is only feedback. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, which I like quite a bit. It's like... Which is also true in science, where it's like, even negative results count as results. Yeah. And I think, yeah, making more mistakes just means you're discovering what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's important to remember. With every, every time that you don't do something right, it's like, well, I just know not to do that anymore. Yep. Yeah. No failure, just feedback. Just feedback. Just feedback. And not feedback in a bad way. Not like a... A mic that's too loud. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We're not talking about hot mics here. Unless you want to count screaming as part of the failure, then <laughs> it's a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. Then audio talk. Am I right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Noise. Noise. Sounds and noise. Good episode. Yep. Yep. Thanks for joining everybody. <laughs> I was trying to think of a. I was trying to think of a good thing that we could have done in the podcast for April Fool's Day. Oh man. That would have been great, just like a 10-second episode of, like, sound, sound, wind, and sound, and noise, the end, you know. <laughs> it was on Wednesday, so and we release on Wednesday, so that would have been perfect. Yeah. What do you have planned this week, Chris? 
this week I plan on getting out of my COVID isolation. <laughs> yeah, I just like get outside and get sunlight, or well, kind of. I mean, I I tested positive last week for COVID, and so I've been. Oh, so you actually got officially tested positive? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. I went because the last like two weeks I had um, I had lost my sense of taste and smell completely, and had a little bit of like congestion and my nose kind of burned and just a little bit of stuff. But because I didn't have like fever and coughing and all that, there was no, I didn't have the eligibility for a test because of the limitations in the testing. And so I just kind of lived my life for a week and a half. And hey, it's Austin Mullen. But then they changed the guidelines because they were screening everybody at work. Since I work at the hospital, you'd go to the door every day to come in and they would screen you for it. And they only had the two criteria at the time. And then last two, last Wednesday, I went in and they had added a bunch, including no taste or smell. So I was like, hey guys, this is me. I've, I've been dealing with this for a week and a half. And they're like, oh, well go over to there, to that place and get tested. And I did. And they're like, oh, yep, you're, you've got it. See ya. And <laughs> so they told, you know, I can't come back because I've already had it for so long. I was only, I only have to be out of work for like a week, which is awesome. Okay. But, and otherwise that's been fine with me. I have no, like, I'm fine. And I can, I'm starting to be able to taste and stuff again. So what, what is your, like, period of which you can, you're safe to interact with people again? Um, I believe it's 14 days past initial exposure or initial symptoms. Okay, so you still have, like, another week or the rest of this week. And so it, it, it has been, it has been, as of yesterday, was officially two weeks, but the go back to work criteria is seven days after diagnosis or something or like seven days after the breaking of certain symptoms and i was like well i don't have any of these so what how do i treat that and i think it yeah just because it's already been so long so by the time when thursday gets here it'll have been like two and a half weeks (laughs) okay (laughs) austin yes austin i'm dead (laughs) i am ghost (laughs) But yeah, so it's like it's been really nice out this week, and I do like to go outside. And I was maybe thinking about even getting a bike ride in today, but I haven't decided yet. But yeah, for the rest of the week, it's like do this, and then tomorrow go back to work and make money again. Yeah, that's dang. I can't. You're the only person I think I know. Me too. I'm the only person I know as well. I mean, I guess the girl I've been seeing, she is obviously also on the list now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, your roommates probably have it too. See, that's an interesting part of it because they don't. And we're thinking that they, my roommate was crazy, crazy sick like a week before I was. But she was out house sitting for someone, so she was barely here. But then she came by a couple of times to like take care of the cats and just sort of prove that she still lived here. And that may have been the case because she's still fine. And there's, I've, not many people I've ever met that are as susceptible to being sick as she is. And so far through the entire process of me having it, she's been fine. So there's a decent chance that she got it really, really early on in, in its existence around in this country. This was like mid to late February when this happened. To oh, her. no way. That's wow. Yeah. And so we think that she probably already had it and didn't even know because she was a mess. Like she was really, really sick that whole time. My, uh, one of my best friends, she runs a flower shop in Alabama, and she got a shipment from China for flowers. And she mm-hmm. and everybody in the flower shop got got like 
really basically the flu but with trouble breathing yeah um but that was in that was in early february though which is like i don't know it's just nuts it's the this whole thing is well okay you 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 actually have it so maybe like maybe you can inform like your experience to me i don't want to get covid and then i mean nobody wants to get it but if i'm going to get it i would have rather gotten it in february or i'd rather get into get it in may like after yeah. all this goes down, do you feel like you had I a would, really tough time getting in the hospital or like getting treated or anything like that? Well, see, that's the thing is I didn't do any treatment of any kind for anything. The only thing that I did was eventually get that test and was able to get it because I fit the criteria. Right. But before that, all the symptoms that I had were so basically just annoying and not threatening <laughs> that I didn't do anything about it. I was just like, well, great. I can't taste any of my food. I guess I'll just eat. <laughs> so... So I've had a long time wish in my life that I could find the source of the seasoning packets in ramen and just buy that for all kinds of non-ramen foods, but I don't know where that happens. And so I thought, well, since I don't have the ability to taste, I'm just going to make seasonless ramen and keep the packets in a little store for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. And... I did it once and it's the process, like the whole, the concept of not being able to taste was really a very fascinating social sort of experiment for me because even though I couldn't taste anything, there seemed to be a certain essence of food that I could still sense in a way that I didn't really understand because I could tell, despite the fact that I had no taste, I could tell that that ramen was missing something. Oh, that's really funny. (laughs) And I couldn't tell why I knew that other than what the texture difference may have been without the seasoning packet. But there was just something about it where I was like, "There's this is odd. This is off. I was going to say, I also had some risotto at the hospital for the first, like, I don't think I've ever had risotto before. And I can still, I will still say I've never had it because I <laughs> ate it and it meant nothing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's just like. Oh, yes, for the first time ever, I'm going to have all this, <laughs> these amazing foods. Oh, yep. boy. <laughs> and I bought a bunch of ingredients to make chili, and then I didn't, I haven't made it yet, and I'm, I don't want the meat to go bad while I wait for my oh, stupid taste to come so back. Oh, that's so fun. That's awful, <laughs> man. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. Because I've had this happen a couple of times in my life before, but it was only for like a day maybe two days tops that I didn't have taste and then everything sort of came back. But this has been two solid weeks of zero taste and smell, which is a very strange and awful That's thing. That's so interesting. I I had a... Uh, first off, I think the reason you, you could tell something was off is because I'm guessing the seasoning added like acidity and salt to it, which like your, your, yeah. your body and tongue and mouth usually react to when you eat something. Um, and you that's probably yeah. what it was missing is that bite. And there was another thing that I had that was like a, a mango salsa or a mango goo of some kind that was on a food. And I don't know it's what just, to call it. Just I'm like, just it imagining like pay- the marketing for the, whatever made that. It's just like, uh, <laughs> for mango uh, goo. yes, you want some tacos with mango goo? <laughs> mango. mango. There you go. There you go. And, <laughs> and I could tell that there was like a zesty fruitfulness to it. But I don't know why. I couldn't figure out how I could tell the difference. 
It was such a strange. That's thing. wow. So it's hmm. So so it's almost like it's oh, wow. That's so weird. I don't even know what to. I I can't even put myself in the shoes of that. Yeah, it's almost like a a perception, and it's like what is what. What on a food level has perception involved in it? And I couldn't tell you. There's so many things about this I don't understand. But I will say, at the very least, in my time of this quote-unquote misery, because, you know, in the scheme of things, it was not. But it was at least a very interesting scientific experiment. Because you don't get a lot of opportunity in your life to not smell or taste anything for two <laughs> solid weeks, no matter what you do. I put a drop of Cholula on a fork and then ate it to see what it would happen, and it was literally just hot. It was just burned my mouth with and with no Dude, flavor that's whatsoever. So funny. <laughs> and it was like I because I, I was like I'm sure if I just eat something with a strong enough flavor that'll push through, but it just refused. Oh my god, dude, that's so f- dude. That's that's honestly amazing. That I, I was gonna say out of all of the things that like I would want to try, it would probably be to try something spicy to see what happens to see if I get the spice. And like obviously you would, but like yeah, you have to try. And I thought it. about that too. I was like, I'm sure you know if I were to eat something spicy, it would still hurt. But that would be, I don't know. And it's like, it's kind of like when you plug your nose and eat with your nose plugged. But I didn't ha- like, I didn't really have any congestion. My nose worked fine. So it was worse than that. And it was like, to the point where I think that it was nervous system based. Okay. Interesting. And so it was just a straight blockage of signals from face to brain. And it was really a, a scene, man. I'm not 100% yet. I would say I'm probably like 50% back on taste. It has taken its sweet fucking time to go away. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it yeah, really was. That is an interesting thing. Uh, Austin, can I share what you just sent me, by the way? Yeah, he said there's a bunch of different strains of it, too, and a lot of misdiagnosis based for people not being told they have it when they do and people being told they have it when they don't. And that's very interesting, too, because I have a friend who he, him and his whole family got crazy sick back in November, and he cited a lot of the same stuff that seems to be unique to this strain of COVID and not something you would ever hear before. Like he said that he spent two weeks without any taste or smell, had some fever, respiratory issues, like a lot of the symptoms all piled up at once. And it was him and his whole family. And it's like, that was back in November. (laughs) And so it's like, I understand that there's, you know, there's plenty of opportunity for this to sort of have come into existence long before we knew to look at it, knew that it was different, knew that it would, you know, existed at all, and so maybe that happened to them, and they happened to be really unlucky. But who knows? And that's the kind of thing where it's like I'm seeing a lot now where people take any time that they've been sick over the last like eight months and just ascribe COVID to it, and like, oh, I think I must have had this back in June, mm. and it's like you probably didn't, or any other, because I work with a guy who. Weeks ago, he wasn't feeling so great. He went and talked to the screening people, and they sent him home, and he got a test. And then, like, two and a half weeks later, his test came back, and they were like, nope, you just had influenza. And it's like, the what? Yeah. In a hospital with a wing closed off specifically for COVID people, this guy just gets the flu? <laughs> That's... But... I just feel like at this point with the height of it and everything going on, any single thing that anybody gets 
they'll just be like, oh, well, I've got COVID. And now here's here's a bunch of symptoms I have, and let's add them to the symptoms list. Yeah. Even if that's not what I have. Which is not to say that anybody, you know, I'm not saying that. People should take it seriously, but they shouldn't. They can't. Right. It's like John Oliver said, you know, don't lick the pole on the subway. Don't take it so unseriously that you're doing stupid things, but don't you don't need to drink bleach on the other side of the spectrum either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, do, do you think that there is like a mental mentality aspect to it as well for something like something like a sickness like this? Like if you think you have it, you'll get it or like your immune system is going to react based off how you how you feel you're going to get <sighs> about it. I know that there are things in the world that exist, like phantom pregnancy, for example, where people think that they're pregnant and then their body kind of like makes it so. That's when Danny Phantom s- sneaks into your DMs and. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes, or the Phantom played by Alex Baldwin <laughs> yeah. in nineteen Like. <laughs> That's what phantom pregnancy is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he just went around and, and porked everybody in their sleep because he's the Phantom. <laughs> No, he was the shadow. Billy Zane was the phantom. My mistake. But yeah, I, I think that there could certainly be part of it where people may manifest some symptoms based on the fact that they're terrified of the fact that they may have it or get it yeah. and then think that they have it and then just kind of feed their own uh, whatever a nice word for delusion they, is. They just they just feed the negativity base basically. Right. And I don't, you know, I don't blame anybody. Oh, you're delusional. But so yeah, sympathy pain is a, is a real thing too. Austin said so. It is. There there is a very real component to having a manifestation of pain or symptoms where there is otherwise no yeah uh, hypochondria to it. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, hypochondriasm. I don't know, something. My hypochondria. Yeah, yeah. yeah my <laughs> hundred years ago, I asked my sister. I was like, it's like, what are you good at? <laughs> <laughs> my sister. Yeah, she's old. My sister's very old. Hundred. A ripe old age, 100, 115 wow. years young. Um, Good for her. But it was just, yeah, it was probably 10 years ago, I suppose. But I was like, I was always confused about the things. Like, I don't know what I would think that she's good at. And so I was just like, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What are you good at? And she said, learning the rules to board games and looking up diseases to make sure I don't have them. Oh. <laughs> that was like her two things that oh. she answered with. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that says a lot. Of, that's like, oh, that's sad. Like, that, <laughs> that's just like immediately just like, well, now that's all I can picture you as a person to be. It's just like, yep, these are these are the two things that I do with my life. It was just, it was such a perfectly her answer, and it's such an amazing thing to say. But wow, yeah, yeah. But I don't know where the lines of somebody like that and like true. A life-changing hypochondria lie. Yeah. Because I was at, I'm talking to my therapist about phobias once. I was like, where does a at what point does a fear become a phobia? And he's like, if it's something that gets to a point where it interrupts your day-to-day lifestyle, then it becomes a phobia. Mm. And so it's like, where where does hypochondria really turn into a problem? And I imagine it's on the same scale where it's like, if you're so terrified of getting sick or thinking you always are sick that you are missing work, not leaving your house in a constant state of stress, you know, your life cannot function properly because you're terrified you have any one of these 50 diseases all the time. That's when I think it would become a real thing versus I like to learn about board games and diseases. Like, <laughs> it's so, yeah, that I wish, I wish my life was like that. 
that you are just board games and diseases. That's that's me. Hi guys, my name is Board <laughs> Games and Diseases. Your sound design would would really take a hit. I think. I, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, if if I can recognize the disease and I start to get it, then I will get sick. No pun intended. Sounds out of it. See, if you had just said I would get sick sounds out of it and not pointed at the pun, mm-hmm. that would have been even better. Okay. No. <laughs> So before we end this episode, I just wanted to share uh, something that Austin. <laughs> Austin says I really enjoy sound design and strip. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me basically. I actually do feel lately my throat has been getting sore, just like on a day to day basis. But that's just because I've been talking on the phone or something like that. <laughs> it's like that's just because I've been drinking a lot of acid. <laughs> <laughs> right or bleach. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Austin Austin just messaged me in the middle of this recording and. Uh, he said, um, we've been talking about doing a monthly uh, community sound library. Yes, I remember bringing this up at one point. And um, Austin, I think, is interested in helping out with it. And uh, we're going to see what... I just want to make like a light announcement for... Yeah, here's the soft launch of the community sound design. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're probably going to get that started here going soon. I love it. I'm very into this. This is what Austin is thinking for the criteria. He just messaged me. Um, Usage criteria. You may use these sounds in any product, commercially or non-commercially, provided that the sounds are played alongside or in support of other media. For example, use in a video game, movie, radio broadcast, or music composition is acceptable. Resale or redistribution of isolated audio is not allowed. For example, distributing a sound library, uploading files to freesound.org, or creating a soundboard are illegitimate uses. Upload criteria will be recording must be from you. Do not submit any files you do not personally record. Minimum accepted quality, 16-bit, 44-1K. Group similar sounds together into single audio files. For example, you can have 10 takes of doors slowly opening uh, and export as that as one audio file instead of doing one, a bunch of different sounds. Uh, do not submit recordings of copyrighted material. Name your audio files appropriately. Ooh. Uh, copyrighted material would be uh, like sections of a movie. Name your files pr- appropriately. We'll... Uh, We'll supply like uh, the naming scheme yeah, for I, that. I was gonna say we could probably because organization files like sound library organization and structure is actually like a really big topic of things that are hard for people to do. So we would probably just decide our own. Yeah, I, change for sure. For, for sure, it'll we'll just it'll just be something like a BL for blip library to start, and then it'd be underscore yeah. something or just blip as a uh, prefix. I was thinking. <laughs> File zero 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 one. File zero 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 two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Says so Austin. Yo, um, Aaron, what's up? Thanks for joining. Yeah, Aaron C. Stickless has arrived. I was gonna say I might experiment with taking this entire thing that you're reading and speeding it way up so that you sound like some guy at the end of a commercial talking about. And then it just <laughs> ends the episode right off after yeah. that. Here, okay, I'll finish then. Uh, if you like, embed your name in the files metadata. How to share? Send to a certain email, which shall be named. Uh, with a Google Drive link and a zip file containing your sounds. Do not resubmit the sounds you have previously submitted. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking the initiative on that, Austin. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably get something figured out. We'll probably make a web page for it or something like that just to, like, get rolling. Yeah, it'd be perfect. And and, because I've been learning JavaScript, so it wouldn't be too... I think I could probably, like, maybe even do, like, a custom form that uploads it to our website or something like that, and we can just pull it from the download section. Something like that. I'll figure it out. It'd be really great for exposure, too, because if you keep submitting top-quality sounds, 
then and you have your name stapled into every one of them. It's like, oh, this uh, this Austin Mullen guy, he makes it. He makes a decent sound. Yeah, um, yeah. I will contact him and then make him make sounds for me, bespoke. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to change the terms and like we'll have to. It's gonna be tricky for people to submit and like make sure that there's like an agreement for them to sign or something like that because it's yeah it's it's tricky i mean you will just put the terms you know the terms of use and it's like a submission is an agreement of terms that way you don't have to worry about like documents and crap like yeah that. i think i think to start we'll probably keep it in the discord server probably not go to the website right away but i think it'll be pretty yeah. easy to manage to just have it mm -hmm. people send the emails um because i i know that music libraries for example send in hmm Actually, people should just submit via Discord. They should just upload it directly so that we can actually listen to it and download it and go by there. I don't know how much Discord compresses, though. I don't know if, how, if that's an issue or not, but... Uh, without knowing anything about Discord, my guess is that it probably wouldn't really, but we'll see. Oh, you want to do G Drive, Austin. Actually, G Drive would be better. We might be able to build some, like a, an app that allows people to upload to Discord, and then it'll automatically post into a Google Drive. Yeah. Um, designed sounds or recorded samples or both? He, he can't hear us. Just tell him recorded. I didn't mean you, but somebody in the chat. <laughs> I, I, I don't have fingers anymore, but... I, That's I just, a shame. Yeah, your sound design is going to be even harder than your disease probably. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, but, hey man, about these board game sounds. Ooh, man, let me tell you. They're going to be real good. <laughs> um, oh man. Oh, okay. You can just um, upload files via drive. Yeah, that's a that's a better idea. That's Fine. perfect. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because then you can upload just like a Google Sheet, and then that would be really easy for us to manage and pull from. Do we have a question of the week? Uh, yeah, our question of the week is: What was the last skill that you learned from Ground Zero? But yeah, uh, everyone get excited for uh, potential community library stuff, um, and we'll figure all that out. Yeah, upcoming community library and the question of the week. Uh, you can respond to anywhere that you think that we'll be able to see it. Anywhere that we ask the question, you can respond on that social platform, whether it's Discord or Twitter or Instagram or uh, in person, whatever it is. We'll make a, I'll make a, a little channel here for question of the week answers. Um, so yeah, question of the week. What is the last skill that you had to learn from zero? Yeah, just, or anything that is as close as possible to zero. Right, and yeah. But then otherwise, we'll, we'll go through the answers to that next week walking shut up Austin. yeah austin you're yeah you're you're, you're you're not you're not allowed to be a part of this uh community library anymore i'm sorry that, that's it we've stolen your idea get lost get lost guys I, I don't even know whose idea this was to begin with actually i uh, will probably say it was mine um it was mine i too am spartacus um we'll go ahead and close awesome this. yeah I'll, I'll, uh, thanks for joining everybody catch you next time